0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Beardy and the Geek. My name is Emmett Okuna and with me as always is
1: Ryan Huff from Geek of Oz. How are you going tonight, Emmett?
0: I am great man, I'm great. We have got it's gonna be a busy month ahead of us really, isn't it? Uh, because we've got con season is here.
1: Yeah, con season is here, so it's time to stock up on Rex Owner, please. <laughs> everybody <laughs> All right, uh, I don't want any con crud this year. Let's just stock up. I don't want to have to take along my Dettol hand wash. Uh, but it is, it's looking like a really spectacular one this year. I mean, um, frankly, I as much as Supernova's great, I really wish I could come down for Oz Comic Con.
0: Yeah, Oz Comic Con, 6th and 7th of July here in Melbourne. Melbs. And we've got Captain Kirk and Hellboy coming down, so that alone is reasonable to go.
1: See, the thing that's actually kind of cool about that is that you guys have got Captain Kirk, we've got Princess Leia. Oh, yes, true.
0: It's a tough one to call, Uh, and also they've had their feuds, haven't they? Because Shatner and Fisher have had the back and forth over the social media at various points.
1: They have, but um, you know, they, they're going to be in different states, so, yep. so it should be fine. We should be, be safe. Should
0: yeah. be safe. Uh, you know, worst comes to worst, we can get uh, Mr. Decay to come down and adjudicate. Wouldn't that be awesome?
1: <laughs> it would be. I mean, he's, he's got one of the greatest speaking voices of all time. If he was adjudicating over anything, I think I'd watch it, even if it was question time in Australian politics.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, as you're saying, we, we've got some great con guests at Oz Comic Con um, and there are others, obviously. You've got Carrie Elwes from The Princess Bride, a classic movie, and Trisha Quinn from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I believe she's a lass from Belfast, so I've always been fond of her. We also have Jeffrey Coombs, and I readily admit to watching Transformers Prime purely because he's in it. <laughs> because I love his voice. But what really impresses me about Oz Comic Con is the breadth of... Australian comics talent that they have on show, and the amount of investment they 're putting into promoting them as well, I really think that 's a strong sign on their priorities
1: yeah, it is, and it 's actually something that i 've heard a lot from um, from a lot of the Australian creators that they get treated like rock stars mm. you know they 're not treated like uh, you know, glorified artist alley folk, which you know artist alley is where, where it 's at anyway for for up and comments. Oh, yeah. But a lot of the Australian guys that are independent comic book creators in their own right, you know, they they may not have broken to the big time just yet. They're still treated like rock stars.
0: And I think it's very interesting as well that they're doing this, that they are actually promoting them, because the problem with Artist Alley is that it can be almost like a ghettoising effect, where you've got a line of really talented people putting out some really great work, and you just see the people drift past them. You know, the punters, probably trying to get somewhere else, you know, they're taking a shortcut to our yeah. Alley, and that can be really sad to see, because you've got some amazing uh, folk that come to the Australian conventions so I, I like that they're putting the promotional spin on this, because maybe that will attract more of an audience, I would like to be able to walk down Artist Alley and it be, you know, five people deep, you know, I can't, I can't have to squeeze past, you know, that would, be, that would be nice to see.
1: It would be great. I mean, at Supernova this year from uh, June 21st to 23rd, we've actually got a couple of people that have stepped up from Artist Alley and are, uh, and are looking at, you know, those sort of headlining guests have got their own, little, um, their own little icons and everything. Mm. One of those is our own Paul Bedford, He's, he's giving his best blue steel uh, yeah. on the website there. But um, yeah, we've got, we got some other mainstays as well, like Tom Taylor is going to be there, and Tristan Jones, Nicola Scott, uh, Queenie Chan as well, someone who we haven't spoken to, but she's done some really, really great sort of manga inspired art, as well as David Yarden. How have we not spoken to this guy yet?
0: Oh, he's like the, his Marvel work is pretty awesome. It's uh, incredible.
1: Yeah. Um, and as I said, Paul Bedford, John Someriva, this guy, I, I, anything that he does, I'm more than happy to buy. Like Go Boy Seven, incredible. Mm. Uh, Ryan K Lindsay as well. That's another one. Another guy that I really want to meet up with.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, like we'll we'll see what we can do because um, I think we're going to try and get a hold of some people. Uh, at, le- at the very least on the con floor So maybe we can get them on the show as well And have a chat with them But uh, yeah, it's really exciting to see all these people getting a bigger profile Thanks to this convention
1: Yeah, thanks to the convention And I'm sure thanks to us Because, you know <laughs> Yeah, why not? I don't know I, I've, I've got nothing to back that up whatsoever But I'll take it
0: <laughs> And and also Supernova as well um, You're popping along to that in Sydney shortly, aren't you?
1: Yes, I am heading to Sydney, and uh, I will be trying to catch up with some people, uh, hopefully get a couple of little mini-interviews and stuff like that. Um, So if you do see me there, um, it'll be a bit of a giveaway, because I'll have a a Geek of Oz t-shirt with Ryan written on the back. (laughs) So (laughs) if you see me there, tap me on the shoulder and say hello. Yes, 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 please say hello
0: to Ryan. (laughs) Please. (laughs) Please, please. Brilliant, brilliant. And it is good to see that when this time of year rolls around, it's always fun to get out and about the conventions, see all the old faces, have a laugh, have a beer, and pop around the artist alley the following day to look at the hungover expressions. That's always my (laughs) favourite. But yeah, before we get stuck into the reviews, and today you're going to be discussing uh, Collateral Dear John, and I'm going to sink my teeth into Rock Salt. Uh, season 2 Side A, which I'm very excited to talk about because we had Mark Wesington on the show and uh, it's great to actually see new work coming out from him. Um, I just wanted to give a quick mention to the Over the Moon uh, launch on Friday the 5th of July 2000, 2013 in Sentido Fumf from 6 till 8. And this is going to be a book launch for Frank Condoloro's new book Beyond the Moon and Alicia Jade's Seven. Uh, Volume 3. I've read Frank's new work. It's absolutely brilliant. Once again, it draws on classic cinema imagery. In this case, Georges Mélier. And um, I love what he does. I love how he pulls all this into make a really heartfelt and emotionally um, strong story. Um, What I think is genius about Beyond the Moon is he's made it a silent comic because it's about silent cinema. So there's no text in it. There's absolutely no text in the comic, and the two principal characters are, one is deaf and the other is blind. So they have no way of communicating directly to each other, but they're brought together by cinema, and how cinema was uh, how cinema was performed at that time. So you had live orchestras now.
1: Hang on a second, I've seen this movie. <laughs> this is here, no evil, see no evil. <laughs>
0: maybe it's related to that somehow maybe he saw um, the two lads on that Pryor and Wilder and he was like oh I think I know what to do I'll put them in early <laughs> early 20th century Paris let's see how this <laughs> but I uh, know it's a beautiful book and Alicia Jade 7 is a great series like a twisted fairy tale uh, absolutely, and I absolutely I haven't seen read the latest one yet but I'm really looking forward to it and, obviously really G'd up to get a chance to talk about it on the night because I'm going to be emceeing the event. So that's that's a turn up for the books, I think.
1: So really, people should go to see you, if nothing else, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, if you could, that'd be nice.
1: Let's just take it. <laughs> Come on. Uh,
0: yeah, so that that's plenty of stuff to look forward to. And obviously, that's going to be over the Over the Moon launch is going to be on the day before Oz Comic Con. So it's going to be a busy, bloody weekend for me. Um, but yeah, lots of fun. On the way. Um, so let's get started. Do you want to introduce Collateral? How would you describe this book, Ryan?
1: Well, Collateral. It, it's a it's a funny kind of a story. You know, you know when those stories come along that you sort of you go, you know what? That's such a such a simple premise. Why hasn't anyone ever come up with this before? And that's that's really how I felt about Collateral. And that's that's definitely not taking away from the creators at all. Mm. But. Um, it's one of those books that it kind of... Like, I'm not saying that it, that it, that it just slid under the radar, but now that it's on Comixology, yeah. you've got no Big excuse win. but to grab it. Yeah, that's a massive win for these guys. Um, so we've got Matt Nichols and Lee Taylor, Matt, Matt Nichols writing and Lee Taylor on art. The general story is what happens to people that aren't actually superheroes in superhero books. So we've got these superheroes that are fighting with supervillains and they're pretty much leveling city blocks and they're, you know, picking up center point tower and hitting someone with it and stuff like that. But what happens to the normal people in this world? What happens when their businesses are destroyed? And what happens when, you know, like their, their uncle's killed, it's all well and good. This monster has been stopped or this, this supervillain has been, uh, you know, he's finally been defeated, but... What happens to the normal people? Should we all just clap and, and thank them for their hard work? Or should we actually be upset that we've lost our source of income? And that's that's what collateral is all about. Um, so basically what we do is, is we enter the story and it's a man that's trying to support his family. But he's out of a job because the place that he worked at has been destroyed. Now it may sound like it's a little bit too simple and it's a little bit too bare and frankly issue one not a lot happens but I dig it that's actually why I like it and there's that whole theme of 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 it not being overly busy is in the art as well so it's not just in the story but it's in the art and it's also in the in the text itself um so we've got, we've got characters that don't actually say a great deal, which fits and it's really fitting because they're a family. And a lot of the time, I don't know, I don't know if it's the same with you, but when my wife and I were sitting at home, you sort of it may get to the end of the day and you realize that you've spoken about five words to each other. Hmm. It's not that you don't like each other or anything, but you don't need to. You know, you're in each other's presence and you don't actually have to say much. And that's a lot like these characters. They don't, there's not these massive blocks of, you know, like Bendis dialogue in there. There's just these short, sharp bursts, which granted at times they, they sort of it can sound a little bit forced. Um, but at the same time, that's something that as a writer, um, writing dialogue is is actually a very dif- difficult thing to do to make it sound natural. So I don't, I don't begrudge, um, I don't br- begrudge you guys for that at all. I actually really like the book and the fact that it is on comiXology, like we said, is a massive win. Mm. And I'm, I'm quite looking forward to to where it goes from here because it's a story that I feel doesn't really get told. You know, what what actually does happen to them?
0: It's it's very true as you say. It may have a deceptively simple. Uh, plot, but it's actually a very apt story. Uh, if you look at the likes of, I remember back in the 90s, you had Marvels, you know, Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross, and that was trumpeted as the ordinary person's perspective on superheroes, whereas. When you read that story, it is all about the superheroes still, and then these characters, are all in awe of them, and, and what's happening, and they, some of them actually got involved in the superheroes' lives. And also, you had that beautiful Alex Ross art, which actually made it seem less ordinary and less uh, of the working person's perspective. It was very much a sort of iconic view of the Marvel world from from the ground. Uh, whereas Collateral is mostly set within a home. Like, a lot of the proceedings are just a family arguing about no money or about being lazy or not helping out or not looking after your little brother and all the rest yeah. of it. And it's very much focused on everyday uh, stress of being in a family in this incredibly unnatural setting. And that th- I think that's brilliant. I think it's a really interesting idea.
1: And I think it's sort of it, it's the hopelessness that goes along with it as well. Yeah. It's, it's sort of that hopelessness of being unemployed but also the hopelessness of mm. these super beings having some sort of control over your life mm. and, and you then as, you know, as, as our main character not being able to provide for his family mm. is completely without power.
0: Yeah. You
1: yeah. Know, it's, it's so simple that it just works. Yeah.
0: There, I mean, whenever I find that comics do try and address this, uh, I mean, you know, famously, The Incredible Hulk has never killed anybody, you
1: know? <laughs> yeah.
0: um, you know, and the other, as I said, you had Marvel, Marvel's back in the uh, 90s, which was seen as this great series, this groundbreaking series. Um, I actually prefer Warren Ellis's Runes, which totally turned that idea on its head. Um, but the other version that I was very fond of was Damage Control. Did you ever read that?
1: No, yeah. I didn't.
0: It was a 1980s comic by Dwayne McDuffie. And, you know, who's very much sadly missed. He was a great writer. Um, but Damage Control was all about the construction guys who fix the superhero battles afterwards, who fix the mm-hmm. buildings after the superhero battle. But once again, you have that distancing effect because they're, they, while they are working people, they're directly employed to respond to these things. What about the people who lose the office, who lose their place of work altogether, or who get injured, uh, you know, Garth Ennis touched on this with the boys as well, but I mean, no one's ever focused on it in such an everyday way as uh, Matt has. I'm really, I really admire that.
1: Yeah, it's um, I don't know, it's it's quite a special book, and and even the art and the the fact yes. that it's um, you know, it it is quite simplistic. Um, and the whole two-tone thing, mm. it's I mean, you you don't even have shading. Um, it's pretty much just line work and a bit of um, background color, and also, um, you know, a, a generous helping of blood spatter in, in a couple of panels. Yes. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it, it just it works and, and it really reflects the simplicity of the story itself and just how, how bare bones and how raw the actual story is. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, on, on first read, you don't necessarily see that. and you don't necessarily see that all of these things work together to make a story that is, it is so simple yet there's a lot more to it than you actually read or see on the page. Mm. I don't, I don't mean to sound like I'm getting all esoteric or anything, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's a really great book. Mm.
0: Yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing Matt's name grow and, uh, you know, the actual name of the book itself got more popular thanks to Comixology. It's, it's great to see that they're getting out there.
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, Comixology, um, we've got a couple of Aussies now that have, uh, that have cracked it on there. But, um, I mean, it's giving people a really great opportunity to get their books out there. But uh, in the meantime, you can always Google Collateral Dear John or go to Collateral John one word, dot thewebcomic.com yeah. and check it out for yourself. And
0: admire Lee Taylor's ability to draw eyebrows, because I was in love with the scenes, of the the father, like his furrowed brow. I just thought that was it was really well done. I think he, he, I'm really looking forward to seeing future work for him as well.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I know it sounds stupid, but eyebrows are kind of a big deal. Yes, <laughs> we should all have them. <laughs>
0: Very good. Well, uh, there you go, folks. You can check out uh, the book online or support them on the Comixology. I strongly advise that you do, because we want to see more work from those lads. Um, but, moving on, Rock Salt Season 2 Side A by Mr. Mark Withington. Um, I'm going to probably come across a bit conceited, because my name's on the damn thing, <laughs> which which was really lovely, and it was, it was, a, it was a nice uh, nod to... Um, our interview with uh, Mark on Beard and the Geek a few months ago. Um, this has this book has been a long time coming, and hopefully the next one uh, won't take as long. Uh, don't turn into George R. Martin, Mark, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm begging you here. Um, but it's 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 great. It actually what it does is it re reestablishes the lives of the characters, uh, reintroduces us to them. Uh, We have Corden and Gabrielle, who are the brother and sister, and then uh, Jackie, who's their neighbor, uh, and Madison, obviously the manga-esque super soldier who happens to be in this apartment building with these layabouts and uh, uh, emotionally uh, fraud dramas that are happening within this apartment building, and then you've got the super soldier just strolling in and out of their lives with a talking dog named... Leroy Jackson. Um, So, if that sounds a bit confusing, well, you really need to read it from the start. And I think what I loved about this book is it reintroduced me to these characters and I said, I need to read it all over again. Uh, Because, as I said before, what Mark has done is he's taken a lot of disparate pop-cultural elements and thrown them into a blender and produced a work that is very entertaining, is very witty, is very funny. Um, But at the end of the day, he's actually... Just just fun, and I think that's the most important word. Uh, at the moment, we seem to be just setting things in motion for the next volume. There is a bit of uh, re-establishing where the story is going, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we have some new players in this story. Uh, we have a previously unknown uh, fiancé who, who enters the proceedings. We also have... I think this is interesting, and he he sort of tacitly apologizes within the book for what could be seen as an endorsement of Twilight, of all things, Um, but because Rock Salt does reflect a lot of the pop culture that we ingest, um, the whole emphasis on tween supernatural horror does pop up here as well. Uh, I don't want to give it away, it's actually quite fun how he does it, but um, we have Twilight gets gets a, a, gets an aside, and then The Lord of the Rings also gets in here. It's just, you know, it's got everything, this book, it's great. What I did like was a callback to a joke from one of the early volumes, where there was a parody of the Bing Lee theme tune, uh, which as we all know is taken from Monty Python's I Like Chinese. And, but in Rock Salt, he actually has a character discuss that. Yeah, He's actually saying, how did they get away with covering the Monty Python song and using it for Bingley?" And it's all a bit offensive. But it's all a bit weird. I don't really understand it. And I thought that was quite clever as well. Um, we also have the element, elements of a Guy Ritchie movie intrude upon this, where you've got a, a British gangster called Mr. Curtin, who is quite... I think this section of the story has previously uh, appeared... Uh, in another publication, Mark put it out there earlier, but it is re-entered into the story here. And he's a fun character, obviously he's going to be a future antagonist, and Madison has made an enemy of him, so I'm sure we'll be seeing him again. So there's a lot of new elements at play here, a lot of surprising uh, introductions of new characters and new themes but I think it's it's on, it's a winner. It really is. I do love Rock Salt I can't wait to see the next one. So hopefully Season 2 Side B is not that far away. Uh, I kind of think of this because there's so much use of music album aesthetic. All the covers look like they're album covers. Um, I, it reminds me, and there's a lot of references to 1990s pop culture. I kind of think of this as Pearl Jam's Vitalogy. You know, you open up a Verses and ten, and then we had Vitalogy, which was sort of just let reminding us they were there, and then they kicked off again with the next album so I'm, I think the next one's going to be a real buster. I'm really looking forward to it
1: see, i don't like that analogy <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vitalogy okay.
0: wasn't a bad album i'm going to stick uh, my guns on this one
1: sorry, after verses they lost it, but anyway that's <laughs> you know it's differing opinions um. <laughs> Well yeah, it's something that I've really I I've got to jump on board and, and get some rock sold into me and myself. But um just touching on one thing before we do uh depart, our loyal listeners Black City.
0: Oh yes, Mr Christian Reed's book.
1: Yes. Mr Christian Reed. Uh the Dark Master himself. Um <laughs> we pretty much say so we we all need to support uh comic writers and, and comic uh, artists and everything else but what happens when someone's not actually writing a comic book should we continue to support them if it's Christian read yes <laughs> lest he put a hex on you <laughs> yeah it's it's a really fun
0: read anybody out there you can get it online gestalt um, it's full of horror and magic and gangbangers and monsters and and even zombies. And uh I really think it would appeal to anybody who enjoyed Charlie Houston's The Joe Pitt case books, which is all about a vampire gangbanger in New York. It also has a lot of elements which would be familiar to fans of Grant Morrison's The Invisibles, where you have this idea of street magic, you know, pop magic. Yeah. yeah. Christian knows his stuff. Where it comes to these things, he really he gives you a bit of a primer on uh, different kinds of magic in fiction and uh, in, in religion. And he sort of introduces that really cleverly into the plot, so it's a really good book.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if nothing else, I'm sure that the book is fantastic. I haven't actually seen it myself, but I know that you have, Emmett, and, um, and you're a, a big fan. But mm, um, yeah. we've also got a little bit of a, a crossover with, uh, in the Gestalt universe, with Christian Reed writing the words and the incredible art of Justin Randall on oh, the cover. Yeah. Yeah, Man, yeah like just that cover. i mean if if it was you know not not so much an ebook, but if it was actually on a bookshelf mm. i'd be I'd be picking that bad boy up. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: and it's a really it's a really stunning cover and it, it sort of hints uh, one of the major revelations in the plot. Um, which once again Christian did very well he actually seeds a lot of what's going to happen later on in the book in the very early pages of the book um, and the significance of the cover only becomes clear later on it's like this tribal mask up against an urban background but when you actually get to it it's it's really cool um, so yeah I can't sing, sing its praises any louder it's just a great read
1: so it's another win for Gestalt
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. And I can't wait for them to actually put out the print edition so I can... You know, it's all well and good sending people links, but I do think there is something in handing someone a book. <laughs> you know, just handing to them saying, you read this, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, I can't wait to see it on bookshelves.
1: And uh, to say that, I mean, uh, I, I definitely want to bring this point up now. Mm. segging from having uh, print books. Space Pirates. I got my yeah. Space Pirates and it's gorgeous.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah! Oh, fantastic, isn't it?
1: Really yeah. fun
0: as well. Another really fun book.
1: Yeah, and that's my whole thing is that comic books should be fun. You know, <laughs> if if they're not fun, I'm not saying that they should all be, um, you know, lackadaisical and and you know just uh, uh, whimsical, but they should be fun. You know, when you put down that book, you should be like, yeah, that was that was awesome.
0: Mm and space
1: pirates they just nail it I mean from beginning to end it's just a whole lot of fun the book itself is actually a really good quality as well and and like you said before, we can, we can wank it up all we want, but it's, it's actually really cool to see our names in the back as well. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, it's just it was a really great book, and it was great to see the, uh, the Poseable campaign get legs as well and, and get over the line. So congrats to the guys, and congrats as well on a fantastic book.
0: Mm, yeah, it was a well-run campaign, and uh, they're, they're, they are producing, entertaining, fun, all ages work which, you know, is, is no small feat these days. And I think Australia's comics community can be proud that they've got people like uh, Matthew and, and Caitlin doing space parts. but you've also got the likes of uh, Paul Briska, and you've also got Mark Withington as well, Rock Salt, you know, all putting out work which is, you know, entertaining, fun, but you could pretty much hand it to anybody.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: There's going to be no risk of baby death. <laughs> 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 Which is no small thing in comics these days. It's really depressing out there, man.
1: No, is there baby death in Black City? I wouldn't. I wouldn't expect anything otherwise, but.
0: Um. Yeah. It's it's a bit grim in parts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I. 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 I don't know what Christian's been reading, but. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. It, it is. It is just great to see. Fun. Fun titles, and I'm. I'm glad that you got this young uh, collection of writers and artists in Australia coming up who are putting out work that reflects that, that actually is fun, entertaining, and it'll give you a laugh, you know, nothing wrong with that.
1: Nothing wrong with that at all.
0: Mm. Very good, very good. Well, is there anything else to address, Mr. Ryan, before we head off into the sunset?
1: I think that's about it for me today. I mean, just uh, stay tuned for a couple of interviews that I've got lined up for Supernova, and uh, just know that I wish I was there with you at Oz Comic Con, because it sounds like it's going to be a really great event.
0: Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And and for those of you out there as well, yes, we know it too. Uh, Our anniversary, our one-year anniversary, is coming around the bend really fast, and we've got something very special planned with a few folks, uh, which I hope to inform you of later. Uh, But yeah, we're really looking forward to celebrating this, and thanks for sticking with us for this past year. It's been great
1: it has been thanks for the support everyone and i mean every time that we get any sort of feedback it's uh, yep. it's it's always great i mean whether it's good bad or indifferent it doesn't really matter because it all helps us to give you what you want and i mean our whole aim for this past 12 months has just been to promote australian comic books and australian creators and hopefully we've done that you know even mm. if if in some small part, um, and, you know, if you're listening to this and, and you actually have your own book or if, uh, if there's something that you think that we should know about, definitely let us know because, um, you know, we understand that you won't necessarily, we won't necessarily stumble across everything that's out there. So give us a holler, let us know what you think, leave some comments, um, and, yeah, we, we'd love to hear your thoughts.
0: Yeah, we're we're just getting started. I think we just scratched the surface, so yeah, plenty more to do.
1: Actually, I think you have kind of hit the nail on the head because I think we started this show thinking that we we knew a lot more about Oz Comics, and and I don't mean don't go back and listen to the old <laughs> all the shows and think, well, these guys don't know anything after all. But I think we we thought that we knew, um, you know, the, the vast majority of books that were out there from Australian creators but it turns out that there are a lot more out there than we actually knew mm. and yeah like you said we're just scratching the surface and it's actually quite exciting
0: mm. yeah. yeah and all the time it keeps growing more and more people are getting started more there's a fantastic book I, I'll, I'll be very remiss if I didn't mention it it's just just new I saw it for the first time there at Supernova in Melbourne uh, by Lauren Hills and Kaylee Braidwood Kaylee's from Dublin herself so that's great to see called Good Horde keeping, and it's a zombie comedy of manners. Absolutely great art, really funny stuff. And they came out of nowhere. I've never heard of them before, but they were just great book right out the gate. And I uh, got a lot of people excited at Supernova when they saw it. So uh, really wishing them the best luck as well, hoping to see more work from them.
1: Very good. Well, uh, I think that pretty much wraps us up for the tonight.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, once again, as Ryan was saying, drop us a line. Uh, you can check us out on iTunes, or you can visit the site, b and the and always find us on Twitter as well. Ryan is at Geek of Oz, and I'm on The Moments Report. So just let us know uh, what you think of the show, and, uh, yeah, thanks for listening as always. Thanks again. Cheers.